superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Rich Eisen Show. Every time I got on an elevator or attempted to get on an elevator. The Rich Eisen Show. This dynamic played out every time. Hold the elevator. I'm trying to get on the elevator, and the door shut on me. And the guy looks straight <laughs> at me in the eye. Earlier on the show, ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst. Coming up, senior writer for the MMQB. Albert Breer, ESPN.com senior NBA writer, Ramona Shelburne, plus ESPN NFL analyst, Dan Orlovsky. And now, Hold the elevator. it's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Can confirm, sources say. And now that I'm on camera, you can have a confirmation as well. I'm here on the Rich Eisen Show here on this uh, Monday after Mother's Day weekend. Uh, Chris Brockman is off today. DJ Mikey D is sitting uh, at his single shot now that yes. he likes it when Brockman's not here because he gets to just he's all clean shaven he got rid of the goatee we just had a goat conversation as well moments ago LeBron and Jordan because <laughs> again I just saw Brady hugging Jordan and then he put on his Instagram account calling Jordan the real goat I just wanted to give everyone a, a fresh reminder about who that guy was his name is Michael Jeffrey Jordan um, so uh, TJ Jefferson is sitting in his hey, chair as well. What's up, America? You will be handling the overreaction Monday duties uh, in, in short order as uh, Brockman is out today. Let's so. do this. Okay, you're going to Wally Pip uh, Chris, which is great. Well, I mean, Wally never got his job back. I think Chris will. Oh, okay. So, you're, yeah. too nice. <laughs> you're too nice. You're um, too nice. And uh, Dan, Dan Orlovsky is joining us in hour number three. So is Ramona Shelburne. We already had a chat with uh, Brian Winhorst. Uh, about the NBA playoffs. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We'll be taking your phone calls shortly. But I'm taking the phone call right now of my buddy from the MMQB. Uh, here we are on schedule release week. A couple games have already been released um, by the worldwide leader in sports today. About a week two staggered start double dip on um, on week two. Um, we'll be talking about uh, Titans, Bills, and Vikings, and Eagles. Those are the two games with Dan Orlovsky later on. But right now, my colleague, formerly of the NFL Network, now of Sports Illustrated, Albert Breer is back on the program. How you been, Albert? I'm good. I'm good. How you doing, Rich? I'm hanging in there, man. Well, uh, what the hell is going on with Baker Mayfield as you and I are sitting right now? What is happening in that stalemate? I mean, yeah, I think it just comes down to money. You know, at, at this point, you know, I, I, I think as much bluster as there is back and forth, um, you know, this is going to really come down to how much money the Browns are willing to take on. And, um, you know, I think this is sort of why you're seeing shifting attitudes when it comes to the fifth-year option because of the new CBA. Those are fully guaranteed now, which, of course, gives the player more control um, where the team had all the control. Um, you know, b- barring some sort of injury, the team would have all the control before. And so, 
Um, you know, I, I you know I think that they, the Browns may have been able to find a suitor for Baker Mayfield if there were a team out there willing to at least roll the dice on him the way the Panthers rolled the dice on Sam Darnold um, last year. But that's that that team doesn't even that doesn't exist right now. And so, you know, this goes one or two ways. Either the Browns move to pick up a bigger portion of um, of, of Baker Mayfield's salary. Or, um, you know, they, they, they hold him on the roster and they hope that there's an injury somewhere else oh, boy. that makes that, that creates some level of desperation for another team um, where that team would be willing to take on the $18.858 billion. So oh, boy, that's man. really what this comes down to. Oh, boy. Because, I mean, all right, there's a couple things here. Let, let's, let's start here. Haven't we reached the part uh, of this situation, though, um, where th- – Everybody thinks the Browns are going to have to cut him anyway. So why would they even entertain an idea of engaging them in trade talks and paying money for Baker Mayfield that they feel they're going to have to pay? Aren't we at that point of this conversation? I mean, here's the thing. Like, like I don't think Baker – I think we've maybe gone a little too far as far as, like, what Baker's value is, right? Like, mm. I, I think teams view him as a starting quarterback. Like, he – like, and I and I think we'd probably all look at him a little bit differently if he weren't the first overall pick. Like, if he had been a second or a third round pick in 2018, which looking back, like, is probably what he should have been. Um, I think we would probably all view him as a relative success story. Um, yeah, he won a playoff game in Cleveland, which a quarterback hadn't done in a long, long time. Um, you know, and he's plenty competent. Um, nobody's going to trade for him thinking he's going to be a top ten quarterback in the league, but. You know, he's somewhere between 20 and 32, probably. And again, that the issue now is there's not an open seat for him. And, um, you know, if they cut him, here's the thing, Rich. If they cut him, then some other team can sign him at the minimum and it won't make any difference um, to him because of the way the offsets work, right? Like, so he can go sign for the minimum wherever he wants. Um, and at that point, the Browns lose control of the situation and they could be making somebody else, you know, maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers, stronger by making Baker Mayfield available to him. So um, I think that that's, you know, sort of the part of the, the, the part of it that's a little tricky here is that maybe you can get somebody to take on $5 million or $8 million of the salary and bring him in versus, you know, if you cut him, then there's no motivation for Baker or another team um, to do a deal worth anything more than the minimum because the amount Baker's going to get is going to be the same no matter where he goes. Um, and, you know, in, in that scenario, the Browns won't be able to dictate his location. So let's get into the, the where then. Um, let's just say, hypothetically, Albert Brewer, Baker Mayfield gets released just today. Let's just say yeah. today, um, in the midst of this conversation or after we hang up with you, let's just wave a wand and say that happens. Who would raise their hand for him? Who, who would say, well, I'll take him for that price? I and, think and open I, up. I honestly. I honestly think Seattle would look at it. Um, now, you know, I don't think that they wanted to fork over draft capital for him and pay him $18 million, but under the right circumstance, I look like I think Pete Carroll wants to create a quarterback competition there. And you look at their drafts and they didn't come away with one, you know? And so I, you know, I, I think Seattle is a place where if you look at how they got Russell Wilson all those years ago, right? Like it's easy for all of us to sit here and say, well, you know, they, 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 they took a big swing on a third-round pick, and they, they nailed that, you know. But like, the truth is, um, and I think you and I have talked about this before, they got to Russell Wilson by continually throwing darts. And 
They signed Matt Flynn. They traded for Charlie Whitehurst. They brought back Matt Hasselbeck for that first year. They signed Travaris Jackson. And I just, you know, like you look at where Seattle is, and I, they're sort of back where they were before. And, like, you know, I think that this would be a worthwhile dart to throw. A guy who was a former first overall pick, who has as much starting experience, you throw him in a competition with Drew Locke, and you see what happens. So they still make the most sense. Um, the Panthers are going to be interesting because – I think from a reps perspective, they might have an interest in Baker or a Jimmy Garoppolo, but they might want to see their other guys first in the spring. Um, I know, and this is going to sound crazy, there are some things that their new offensive coordinator, Ben McAdoo, really likes about Sam Darnold, and he thinks that maybe he can get more out of him. So, you know, getting the chance to see that in the practice field in May and June may have some value to him. Um, you know, and then, you know, obviously getting a look at what they have in their third round pick in Matt Corral. Um, you know, that I think, you know, I think they want to gather some information on where Matt Corral is over the next six or seven weeks. So, um, yeah, I mean, if he was cut, like, I think those are the two teams that everybody would be looking at. I, I and I think both those teams make sense for different reasons. You know, I, I think if you look at like where the Panthers are right now, um, you know, they may be in more of a position to sort of just start gathering information on the guys they've got on the roster right now. And, you know, I think that they could be in the hunt for somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo, too, if, you know, that information leads them into a not great place when they get to the middle of June. And, you know, the New Yorker and me, Albert Breer, is kind of scoffing uh, that Baker Mayfield might not wind up in Seattle because they like Geno Smith better and he can't <laughs> might not wind up in Carolina because Ben yeah. McAdoo likes Sam Darnold better. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back. I'm, comes I'm kind back. of like, wow, that would be <laughs> kind of wild. That would be kind of wild. Because, and you keep, you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo as well. I honestly, I'm sitting here, unless there's a rash of training camp injuries, do you think week one, both of these guys are, are still on their respective teams and caps just sitting there? Do you think that's entirely possible, Albert? I mean, here's the thing. So the Niners with Jimmy is a little. I just look at where the Niners are and some of the things that they may want to do. Like, let's say that they reconcile with Debo Samuel. Well, then they're going to probably want to get a contract done with him. Nick Bose is another one. And the Niners have been proactive in the past about getting guys signed and trying to get ahead of things. Nick Bose is going to cost a boatload of money. Right. You know, and so um, you know, getting Jimmy Garoppolo off their books would free them up financially to start to take care of guys like Debo and guys like Nick Bosa, it would also clarify things for their young quarterback, you know, and I think they may want to like see Trey go through the spring now and knowing that Jimmy's not going to be, you know, fully healthy until at least the end of June, maybe gives them the leeway to say, well, let's let him hang around here for, you know, another two months. And then we'll see where Trey is coming out of the spring because we believe we have a championship team and they've obviously been in the championship game two years, two of the last three years. Um, yeah, but I can certainly see a scenario where, you know, but, but, I, but I certainly think that, like, by the time we get to the end of June, if Trey Lance is where they hope he's going to be two months from now, or a little under two months from now, um, then there would be a motivation to try to move Jimmy then, especially if he can demonstrate to another team that he can throw at that point. So, um, and then, you know, I think with, with um, you know, I, I think with, with the Browns and, and Baker, I, I just – there's part of me that thinks this has to come to a head at some point, Rich. You know, I, I just, I, like, I, I think there's going to be enough swirling around this team, and, and rightfully so, you know, over the course of the next four or five months. They, they don't need to create more awkwardness, you know. And so I, I think it's easy to do it now um, and to hold on to them now when we're, 
you know, in the middle of May. Um, I think it's another thing to have him on your roster when you get to training camp, you know, based on everything else that's going to be going on with the team and everything else that's going to be swirling around as a result of trading for Deshaun Watson. So, you know, I, if I look at the two situations, I think it would be a little bit more awkward for the Browns to hold on to Baker than it would be for the Niners to hold on to Jimmy. Because, it, I mean, beyond anything else, like, the Niners have already sort of, you know, already sort of demonstrated that they can handle that sort of awkwardness. It's just financially, I think that would be good for them to have the the flexibility to go and take care of, you know, Debo. If they can reconcile with him, and then Nick Bosa too. So, what is the the, the latest with Debo Samuel? Because it looks like he re, did he re follow the Forty ers on his face on his Instagram. I yeah, can't keep track anymore. Yeah, do now, right? Right? Like he, is, that, is that how we communicate with each he other? He followed now? them. <laughs> you know, I, I I I think I'm I think I'm getting that right. So yeah, what's the latest? Yeah, thing? I, I mean, I could tell you like the the Niners have been very careful about how they've handled this. You know, and they've they've done their best to try and. Um, you know, handle this, I think, in the most respectful way possible. And, and and the messaging coming out of there is how badly they want him back and how important he is to their team. And, um, you know, I think, you know, in the same way, um, you know, I think Debo is forthright that this is not just about money. And um, I hesitate to say it's got nothing to do with money because, I, you know, I've I've learned over the years it always has something to do with the money. Um, you know, but, 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 I mean, like Debo has made it very clear to them, you know, that the role is an issue and how he sees himself as a player. He sees himself as a receiver. He was second in the NFL in receiving yards halfway through last year. By the end of the year, he was the third wheel in the passing game behind Kittle and Ayuk. Um, and, you know, like the, the longevity issue of playing the way that they played him last year, like those are real things for him. And so, you know, I, I can tell you the Niners are working hard to get through that and they would like to re-sign him and keep him there and, have him, you know, as part of, you know, an offense with Trey Lance, you know, as a starting quarterback, presumably this year. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I, I think for right now, it's an unpredictable situation because it's one of these where you can't just throw money at the problem and, and, and think that it's going to be fixed. Well, I mean, you just used the word presumably in regards to Trey Lance being a starter. And I'm, I, I'm how many times I, I keep hearing this over and over and over again. Yeah. Why? Why do we think he's not ready yet? Why? What? What is that sub? That that drumbeat? That constant subtext yeah. that I keep hearing about Trey Lance? That that um, that I, I don't know. Is it is it people who are trying to make it seem like the Niners never knew what they were doing by getting uh, trading all the way up I, for Trey Lance? Or, or here's what here here's what I think. What's it is, going on, Rich? I, like the more I've sniffed around this over the last three or four months, like I. My belief is that they feel confident they can put Trey Lance out there right. and and he can start. Can he run my, Can he run Kyle Shanahan's offense? The full breadth of Kyle Shanahan's offense. That's the question. And then it's how much if he can't run the whole thing, how much do they have to adjust? And remember, like Kyle went through that with you know Robert Griffin III all those years ago um, in Washington when they basically imported the Baylor offense and, uh-huh. and he won Rookie of the Year. So it's not like Kyle can't do that, you know. Um, you know, so I think that there's going to be that kind of push and pull and building an offense. And that's why I think that it's important to kind of gain clarity through the spring because you might be building an offense that looks a little bit different to make it work for Trey Lance so he can grow through it um, and grow through, you know, the process that every young quarterback goes through so eventually they can get back to running that sort of offense. So I think that's sort of where they are right now. And, um, you know, I think the bumps they went through last year really informed them. Too. Like they, 
I can tell you, like, when they got back from um, their summer break, like, they were blown away by the progress that Trey Lance had made. Um, and those first 10 days of training camp, like, there was some real thought. Do we open this up and turn it into a real competition? Now, he wound up leveling off, and then he had some issues. Um, you know, in the first time he played, I think that was the end of September, beginning of October. Um, and then, like, towards the end of the year, he started to ascend again. And he played relatively well when he got a start there at the end of the year. So there were a lot of ups and downs last year. And I think that, you know, part of this is sort of figuring out how much they're going to have to adjust what they do offensively um, to make it work for Trey Lance and playing in 2022. And then, of course, what that will wind up meaning for guys like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and George Kittle within the offense. All right, Albert, one last thing for you. Let's let's play who signs long-term first. Um, who signs long-term first, Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray? Who signs long-term first? Um, I, I would say Kyler. Um, you know, the, the communication between the Cardinals and, and Murray going back to February was that this was going to get done over the summer. Um, and that was one of the reasons why Kyler was so upset because, you know, I think he saw what happened with his ex-college teammate with Baker. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, he went, uh, from, he went from winning the playoffs to sitting on a podcast couch with a dog looking for a belly scratch. <laughs> right, right. That dog, by the way, was definitely a star. That video. No, I, I would agree. I'd agree. Yeah. Um, so, like, I mean, I think, yeah, but that's part of it, right? Like, is that you see Baker, like, oh, yeah, we'll take care of you. Just sit tight. And then Baker is where he is now. So, um, you know, I, I think that, that, that Kyler and his camp are going to put enough pressure, and the Cardinals are so invested in him to begin with, um, that they'll find a way to get something done um, at some point early in the summer. The Lamar situation is so unpredictable, Rich. I mean, I just, I mean, I, the, 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 the Ravens, you know, they understand how important trust is to Lamar Jackson. Mm hmm and how important relationships are to Lamar Jackson. And that's why they've been so careful talking about it because, you know, they don't want him to think like that you're going out and, you know, saying X, Y, and Z about the way this is going. And so, you know, they've, they've treated this, um, yeah, I would say very, very carefully. And this is going to be up to Lamar. Um, and, you know, it's different too, because he represents himself. And so this isn't going to be a conventional negotiation. Like, you know, in a conventional negotiation, a team will go in and lowball the player. You can't do that, you know, when you're, when you're dealing directly with a star player. Um, so it's going to be a fascinating um, negotiation. And there's no sign, you know, like that it's going to go horribly when it starts. But it's just hard to say when that one's going to start. Whereas I think with you know, Kyler and the Cardinals, you know, there's a pretty clear uh, promise there from the Cardinals to Kyler that they're going to take care of him. Um, you know, once we get probably past that mandatory minicamp a month from now. All right, so then let's make it a little harder, even though we won't get an answer for a while. Who signs a long-term deal first, Lamar or Justin Herbert? Oh, I'm going to say Lamar. That's a great question, though. Um, I'm going to say Lamar. I think Lamar. I, I, you think Lamar I, won't I, go I, I, franchise I, I, tag? You don't think? You don't think the Chargers I, 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 win or you know as soon as? Like as soon as as soon as the third year ends, right? Uh, Herbert and the Chargers yeah. are going to start talking. If you got so Burrow January, and the Bengals, yep. although that will be fascinating. See if the Bengals just they 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 they'll tell Burrow we'll enrich you after your third year as opposed to waiting like they normally would do, right? I mean that'll well, be a fascinating to see if the, and the backdrop to all this, right? So yeah. The backdrop to the whole thing is the Watson contract oh, and the fact that Watson got five years fully guaranteed. And I can still remember when Kirk. When Kirk Cousins did his contract in 18, um, you know, I remember asking around, is this going to be the new standard? 
And a bunch of people told me, like, no, like, like, like it's going to really boil down to what happens with the next few contracts. And if the next few contracts look like this, then yeah, like, then, then that adjusts the way the league does business. If it doesn't turn out that way, well, then it's probably going to be going back to business as usual. And sure enough, Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers signed contracts after that that were more conventional in structure and guarantees and everything else. And so, you know, for all of these guys, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, um, you know, there's, I think, like, beyond just wanting to get what you're worth, there's also a little bit of pressure there on those guys. Like, if those guys do conventional quarterback contracts, well, then we're probably just back to business as usual. Whereas if they don't, if they, did, if they, if they, if they push hard for fully guaranteed contracts, um, that could be a real game changer for all players. So, yeah, I mean, Michael Bidwell's first in that clock right now, right? With right, Turner. right. And it's him, and it's, it's going to be like, we don't know what Lamar's going to ask for, but that's out there. And then, like, when we get, and you, like you said, the Burrow Cincinnati one's fascinating because, as policy, as like, this is like team policy, <laughs> they have not guaranteed future years and contracts in the past. And so, what happens now if Joe Burrow comes to them and, and you know, He'd have every every right to do this because he's already got them to a Super Bowl, and says, "I'm not signing anything that does that that that, that doesn't guarantee every dollar," you know. And I I just I, like I think it's gonna be, I think there are a few of these that are going to be really fascinating where um, there's pressure on the players, and in some cases, like I said, like the the Burrow Cincinnati example where the players you know, may actually ask teams to drastically change their own precedents. Mm. Um, it can be really, really interesting to, 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 to follow over the next, you know, I'd say 12 months or so. Albert, you're the man. Thanks for the time. You be well. We'll connect again real soon. Thanks again. Awesome. Thanks, Rich. Look for my number. Always good. Look for my number. Albert Breer, at Albert Breer. I follow him. You should as well. Right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Yeah, we don't, we don't sign guys that early. We don't give future guaranteed years, Joe. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, and then he points to his ring finger. <laughs> Smoking his <laughs> cigars. Get the cat, get the cat, get the cat. Uh, I know the way you've been doing business around here, Mike Brown, but guess what? <laughs> Times I'm, are changing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm not, yesterday's I'm, price is not today's uh, price. I'm still, Joe, I'm still Joe from Athens, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm also Joe from Cincinnati now, and I'm Joe freaking Burrow. Who knows, man? Joey Burrow. Joey B. Oh my gosh! So cool. And just this one last thing before we take a break, and then we'll uh, actually let's take a break, and then I'll give my two cents on the Browns and Baker Mayfield and overreaction Monday. And it's also weird when you and Albert don't get into it over. It's okay. It's it doesn't just... have to be every time. It sets up the ones when actually it's most necessary for me to get into it. <laughs> it's okay. still just odd. All right, eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Back here on our terrestrial radio outfit along with NBC Sports on Peacock. Before we get to um, uh, overreaction Monday, normally I, I will cannibalize something that's in overreaction Monday. Do you have any Baker Mayfield material in overreaction Monday, TJ? I do not. Okay, great. Because it pisses Chris off when he's like, hey, I got an overreaction Monday. Like, There was one I had that you started to touch on earlier and I got nervous. Okay, you, don't get nervous. We can it, repeat so, things. You know. We can repeat things. We're Baker, we're Baker free on I'm, I'm, I'm from the world of WFAN. Uh, Francesa used to repeat the same thing 15 times within the same segment. <laughs> Honestly, you know. <laughs> oh, that's back in the day. I, I realized that you just keep you repeating something and, and the phone lines will light up every now and then. So. Well, plus, you I'm never know who might just be tuning in. And okay. Didn't hear yeah, you say correct. It it's different audiences. Yeah. Different audiences. No doubt. Um, Baker Mayfield is, we're, 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 we're now a week removed from the draft. We're now nine days removed from the draft, gaveling closed. We're, we're now past Mother's Day. We're hurtling inexorably towards Memorial Day weekend. And he's still in Brown. Remember when uh, I told you it looks like he's going to have to stay a Brown through the draft? Remember I told you, you that, that around, I said that right around um, third week of March, after the first week of the hell going on week. <laughs> hell going on. Of the month of March. Um, when, you know, it looked like he was not, he'd sent out that Cleveland letter and then Deshaun Watson's coming and I'm like, oh God, I don't I don't see where he's going to be. He said, I'm choosing, he preferred Indianapolis and I, I don't know if Indianapolis preferred him and then that was confirmed by their acquisition of Matt Ryan who is uh, older, to say the least, and uh, potentially much more expensive. So, he's still a Brown. And all I have to think about with the Browns is, what the hell is your plan? What is your plan? What is your plan? I don't know. Hang on him and hope that somebody gets hurt. Because if that happens, he may lose out in the Jimmy Garoppolo choice as well. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Heaven forbid. Heaven, heaven forbid. Please don't ask me this because you're putting it out there. No, heaven, heaven forbid. I I, I already know what you're going to ask me. I'm not going to say Dak. Okay. (laughs) Heaven forbid that uh, Derek Carr gets hurt. Just I'm throwing his name out there for a reason. I'm not doing this to put a Ziggy on the Raiders. As you know, I have the Raiders as my top AFC West team. I have no idea who their backup is. Well, all I'm saying is you'd think if they have to suddenly, emergency style, like, you know, Minnesota Vikings, Teddy Bridgewater style, got to go get somebody. Break glass in case of... Who do you think Josh McDaniels would choose? (laughs) Baker or Jimmy G, who he... Nose. Nose. Yeah. Baker might not even 
be chosen by the team that has the catastrophic quarterback injury. That's a good point. That might not, if that's your plan, you it might not even work. If somebody prefers Jimmy G over Baker and a a, a post surgery Jimmy G over Baker mm. to keep things going, knowing your offense got to win this year, you're going to go with a guy who played in the Super Bowl or a guy who just has one career playoff win under his belt, guy who almost made the Super Bowl last year or the other. That's what I'm saying. Whatever, the, if that's the Browns' plan, it might not even work. It might not even work. So what are you doing? And if it's money, oh, is there no money left in the banana stand because you gave it all to the escrow account for for um, Deshaun? By the way, that's an Arrested Development line. You know, so... The escrow account? No, oh. the banana stand. <laughs> There's always money in the banana stand. I did not Spoiler know. alert. I'm going to write that down. So... I, I don't – what the hell is your plan, Cleveland? That's why teams are being like, I'm not going to trade for him right now. You're going to have to cut him. And meanwhile, there's a guy who, yeah, you drafted first overall, even though you weren't around, who did, you know, put it all on the line for you, did win a playoff game for the first time since Belichick was the coach in that town. Kind of maybe deserved to give him what he's looking for as opposed to hanging on to him because you don't want to eat more salary or have him wind up somewhere else. This is your bed you made. What's going on? 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, if you're on hold, stay on hold. Listen to Overreaction Monday, then we'll get to you. Ready, TJ Jefferson? Oh, this is your moment, sir. I'm ready. Uh, stay ready. Mike, get the basketball and NFL films music ready. Yeah, you got I'm that wrong. I got both. Uh, okay, you got them both. There we go. We're all over the place hit today, Mike. Hit it. Hit it. That was terrible. That was crap. That was garbage. This place sucks. Overreaction Mondays. Monday. Monday. All right, what do you have over there, TJ Jefferson? All right, and just real quick, you mentioned Arrested Development, which made me think of Jason Bateman. I started yes. Ozark this weekend. Oh, oh boy. Man. There's no overreaction to that I, other I than feel, to say it's an, a proper reaction to I say feel that like is I'm one in of, for a ride. That Rich. is one of the best TV shows uh, around. I feel like I'm in for a ride. All, All right, right, what do we got over there? Here we there? go. Well, we brought this up earlier. You showed Tom Brady, you showed Michael Jeffrey Jordan together, talked about the goats. There was one other thing, though, right? There was one other thing that Tom Brady posted, and it was a picture. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of some goats in this picture. And it was Lewis Hamilton and Michael Jordan and David Beckham and Brady himself. And yes. this kind of blew up the internet. And I'm looking at this picture and I'm like, these four in their respective sports, just the accolades and yes. how great they are and how well known they are. There's never been a cooler picture taken in the history oh of goodness, photography gracious. than this picture I, right here, Rich. How, how do I need to react to that other than to say that uh, uh, that's got to be an overreaction? I have no idea that there's ever been a cooler picture taken. I mean, where am I supposed to go with that one? I, I don't know. Sure. Okay. That's a, that's a proper reaction by you. You've been watching too much Ozark. Uh, that might have been it. Uh, okay. right, what else you got over there? All right. Well, spoke about horse racing today. Yes. Long shot rich strike yes won the derby yes okay he came out of nowhere showed a lot of aggression after the race too like yes. he played from bell to bell and he just started nipping at the, the pony that was trying to pony, take him back to the you know uh, to the roses and i'm yeah. thinking this horse has some fight in him and yeah. then i thought about you because i hear rich i think eisen so i'm thinking long shot rich strike 
winning the Derby is a great sign for your New York Jets. Ah, okay. Meaning what? We're 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 the uh, we're the eighty to one shot. You're, you're coming out of nowhere. I man. will say this. You're coming out of nowhere. No one. I, I will say this. Out of you? I will say this. I'll get a little deeper into it later on in the program, but it is a truly inspirational thing to watch. And I did show the race over and over and over again to my kids to say anything is absolutely possible right here to see that sort of thing. And if anybody out there thinks that this is a sign that your long shot team has a chance to make some serious hay, to use a, I guess, horse uh, phrase, um, then use it. So I will say that's a proper reaction. I think a lot of people are reading into their own existence, their own world, their own situations, their own sports fandom, or their own real life through that win. That was unbelievable to watch. So I will say that's a that's a that's a decent reaction. That's a decent reaction. But I don't want any jinx at all or talk about the Jets <laughs> by you, because I don't believe you mean it. Oh, come on, me. What else you got over there? What else? All right. So all last season we talked about. You know, I think we're all fans of the Bills here, right? And we like Josh Allen. Love yes. Josh Allen. And I know I've seen this, and I know you've commented on it that he does a lot of running of the ball, and he's really good at it. But yes. you don't want. A guy, your franchise quarterback, you don't want him taking off all the time, okay. running between the tackles. And I know you had said that they are running back away. Well, it seems as though after this draft, they got the running back, Georgia, James Conner. And so now that they have him, I'm sorry, I said James Conner, James, James Cook. Cook. Yeah. So now they have James Cook. They got the running back. Are the Bills your Super Bowl favorites? Uh, or let me rephrase that. The Bills are your Super Bowl favorites. Um, I have not named my Super Bowl favorites yet. It's still way too early. Um, I, I, I still can't get the Bengals out of my brain. Just can't do that. But the Bills are so damn good and their quarterback so damn good. And everybody, I think, is assuming that the Bills are going to that 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 Allen has kind of reached his peak, that he's got no other room for improvement. And I think that that's discounting how terrific he really is. So I'll say that that is not an overreaction and that James Cook gives them a dynamic piece that I think can make him a rookie of the year offensive rookie of the year candidate that we need to watch. What if, let's just put it this way. Now you could say this is an overreaction on top of it. What if James Cook has got some Camara in him? What if he's got that ability to run it, make you miss? Mm -hmm. And what if he's got his, like he combines his brother's ability with Alvin Kamara's ability? I, I might be overstating it. But what if he comes out of the backfield and has that Alvin Kamara-type big game ability like I saw in Georgia? What does that mean for this offense? So, I think I just saw your overreaction and raised you one. (laughs) What else you got over there? All right, we're going to stick with Georgia. You know, they had the number one pick in the draft, Trayvon Walker. They had Jordan Davis. They had Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, you know, N'Kobe Dean. Yeah. Cook, 15 players drafted. Kind of... Brings the question. Well, not even a question. It's more of a statement. 
Georgia had the greatest NFL draft hall of all time. Yeah, I think so. You could say that. And I'm sure I, I don't know the history of it right now, but um, Ohio State had a great one a couple of years ago when Urban was sitting on the set with me. And that kind of <laughs> sucked to have me just eat it. And I think uh, Ohio State set the record for most draft choices in the first two nights of an NFL draft, first three rounds, and Michigan just had its first. That was a tough one for me to swallow. Um, but I think you can state that. I think you can absolutely state that. And and then we'll just see how they, they look. And, and again, uh, I, I think the two teams that um, uh, we'll, we'll see to get an answer to it um, are, are the Eagles and the Packers. The Packers got themselves two Bulldogs in the first round on the defensive side of the ball. And the Eagles followed up Jordan Davis with uh, Kobe Dean. So we'll see how those guys look in the uh, in the draft. And that might actually lend more credence to what you just said. What else, sir? All right, Rich, let's move over to the association. Let's do it. Joel Embiid is back, baby. Mm-hmm. He's back. And he showed his value by not showing up to game one and two. If you weren't sure how valuable he was, those first two games proved it. Yes. Right. And now Embiid's back. James Harden, the James Harden you've been wanting to see, yes. is back and he's balling. The 76ers are in the driver's seat. In the East. Uh, oh, boy. I'll say that's an overreaction. I don't know, man. The Celtics look good when they're... I don't know. Let's see what happens tonight. But the Sixers have vastly improved their chances of getting out of the East over the last three days by Embiid's return and Harden's arrival his arrival is the beard that we need to see. And if the two of them do that and they get the rest from their bench in any way, shape, or form, or the rest of their starting five, but anything from their bench, they'll be very tough to beat. Okay. So I'll say that's an overreaction. I kind of To I be in the driver's seat in the East when Giannis can actually beat anybody. I mean, you heard what Windhorse said in the first hour that Giannis can beat anybody four out of seven in any, any spot, Western conference opponent in the finals or anybody in the east so you got one more nba i got a couple more but okay. let me give you one more um okay. we talked about the the, the knee pull of jordan yes. pull. we both saw that i don't yep. know what that was never seen anything like that but the Memphis grizzlies are 20 and 5 this season when jaw doesn't play so because of that the grizzlies are just fine without john Murray. that's absolutely ridiculous they need john Morant in a big way and i think they're gonna without him get their you know what's handed to them tonight by the Warriors. I think that's the way that that's going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't feel very good for the the uh, Grizzlies' chances without him. So that's total overreaction. All right. We got two more quick ones for you here, okay. Rich. Chris Paul, yes. the last two games, yes. has not played well. Yes. Let's, just, let's just call that like we see it. And if that Chris Paul continues to show up, the Mavs can absolutely take the Suns. I agree with you. What if Luka starts just popping in? What if Luka pops in 50 in a game five? That's oh, the stuff. I'm, I'm, just throwing it, I'm just throwing it out there. Absolutely. Mavs can absolutely take out the Suns right now. I agree. But if we get the Chris Paul that we saw the previous two and I th- Well, I mean, we, let's get the Chris Paul on the court. I thought that was so ridiculous. <laughs> Some of those calls against him were absurd. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absurd, you know. And I thought he was just going to come out against the refs and just get fined and just, you know, make an appearance and pay for it. 
You know, one of those State Farm commercials could, could definitely just just one of those State Farm commercials could pay for whatever fine money he, he puts probably would have. But some other stuff happened after right. the game. All right. So lastly, here, this is for me, you and Del Tufo. Okay. You know, baseball's fun right now. When your team does well, just everything's better. The, the air smells yeah. better. Your food tastes better. You just you can't wait to get home yeah. and, and, and watch baseball. At least I know I can. And I know this with a combined record of thirty nine and eighteen. As of right now, the New York City, the Mets and the Yankees are heading for another the Subway, Subway series. series. Yeah, baby, let's go. Yeah, baby, come on. The three of us were going. Someone yeah, got to give us a PJ. Absolutely, we got to get there what, yeah. with, with feet. Well, yeah. Oh, you're oh, you're not you're talking you're not talking pajamas. No, I'm talking okay. like a plane that could get like a us onesie, from a onesie. Los I can get you a onesie to I'll, New York. I'll get you a Mister Met onesie. The Subway ah. Series, Del Tufo. I feel it. Oh yeah, it's coming. I said it last week. Which is what. I said about, I talked about this. I go, I think it's happening. You're going to Dodger Stadium and the Mets come here to try and take the Dodgers down a couple pegs. Well, uh, in the playoffs, you mean? No, when they come out here in regular season. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. You would go, man. I'm working the Angels-Yankee season uh, series. That'll be fun. They're playing in August. They're playing in August. We've already looked at that. I know. I'm I'm doing all the game. I'm doing the whole. Are you really? Yeah, I I need to know that. Good. Oh, baby. Yeah. Oh. Okay. It's isn't it amazing? LA fans are like, wait a minute. <laughs> Angels and the Dodgers. You're gonna yeah, have a freeway be, series yeah. or a subway series. Yeah. It, could, it could be the rest of the things. country. See ya. <laughs> I like that one. Okay. Big finish. Um that's overreaction Monday, everybody. So uh let's take a break because um the uh first base umpire, aka hand massager in question. <laughs> Involved with Madison Bumgarner made a statement, I think, after we went off the air uh, on Thursday or on Friday. So we'll take a break and re-hit that. We'll put our, uh, we'll touch upon that when we come back. (laughs) 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. Uh, Let's go to Brian in San Diego. What's up, Brian? Been hanging on for a long time. What's up, sir? Rich, how's it going, guys? What's going on? What's up, brother? Del Tufo, TJ. What up, man? How's the day? First off, uh, Rich... I want to say I uh, appreciate everything you do for St. Jude. Thank you. Appreciate awesome that. that you do every year. You're a better human than you are a uh, sports talk radio guy. Appreciate you saying that. <laughs> Thank uh, you. I just want to chime in on the MJ LeBron situation. My whole thing is, if you really think about it, championships, all that, yeah, they mean a lot. But when you think about if you're in a game seven, who are you going to give the ball to? I just find it hard to believe that someone would say LeBron <coughs> over MJ just for how many shots he's had. And I honestly have MJ and Kobe above LeBron, you know, as the greatest all time. So, I don't know. That's just kind of my argument. I appreciate your two cents right there, Brian. That's Brian in San Diego. Um, What do you make of that argument there? First of all, I hate the argument, as you know. um, because We don't normally traffic in this sort of thing. But I I just, again, it was just in my mind when I saw Tom Brady hugging Michael Jordan at the F1 race in Miami. And he says, the real goat, you know, like Tom is referring to, he's not wading into this argument in the NBA. He's referring to Jordan as the goat, not himself Mm -hmm. as the goat that he's referred to as, properly so. And I'm just saying, for for a bunch of people who have been rooting for Tom Brady for a while, we're probably looking at it and going, "Who's that guy in the earring that he's hugging?" I'm <laughs> serious. Like, it's, it's, oh, that's the guy on my shoe. That's the guy who's uh, on my shirt, I, jumping I, at the basket. I right? would hope at this point, I don't care how old you are. At I'm, least if you're over five, I'm you should know who Michael you, Jordan is. I'm telling you, 
I have a 13 year old, 11 year old, eight year old. They in don't the know house. Jordan. I mean, they they know of the jump man. Okay. And if I sat them down, I'm gonna show them the videos, but they know exactly who LeBron James is. And there are people who are 10, 15 years older than them who have the same thing. Somebody's gonna have to sit them down and show them a YouTube video. Or the last dance. Well, to get back to what he said, you know, who takes the last shot? You could say this about both of them. Jordan will take the last shot and make it, but who also make a play where Steve Kerr or Paxson. LeBron is always gonna make the right basketball decision on the court. So chances are LeBron's going to end up drawing somebody in and kicking the ball out to oh, someone he's else. He's always done that. Yeah. He has, he's always he's been always criticized make... for hitting the open man. Yep. So it just depends. Look, I, and Jordan can't... did too. Paxson, right? Kerr. Like, like I mean, he's, say, he's, he's, he's passed the open man before. I'm not, I'm not, I don't fall into this, you know, Jordan camp, LeBron camp. I mean, obviously I feel Jordan's the goat, right. but I'll never disrespect because I've never seen anyone do what LeBron has done for such a long time and at, you know, such a level. There's no one who's been on top as long as he has. I agree. So I hear I hear. And by the way, if we're gonna pick teams and you yeah. pick Jordan, I'll gladly take LeBron with number two pick. Okay. Cool. I understood. Let's, let's and it go. makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Um while we're on the subject of disrespect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what did Del Tufo do now? Right? No, yeah, I've got another with Mike. Uh, unless <laughs> unless Mike, you want to check my hand out and just stare at me instead of looking at the I hand will, if that's your job to look at the hand. Look at the hand. <laughs> this is crazy. I mean, this was a wild thing that happened last week in Major League Baseball. We talked about it uh going off the air, I believe, on Wednesday's show. Um, because we saw Dan Bellino, the first pace first base umpire in Miami on that day and a uh, matinee check Madison Bumgarner's left hand after Madison had given up a run in the bottom of the first inning and was barking at the home plate umpire and Bellino first base umpire just stares at him uh, without you know while constantly massaging his hand and then Bumgarner says the magic word which <laughs> we would definitely say to anybody who's doing that to us um, and Push Bellino harder. ejects uh, Bumgarner right and then we told everybody, hey, if you didn't see the video, go ahead and Google Madison video. <laughs> Having <laughs> no idea, idea that Rich. you might go in a, a, a different direction. And we apologize for that. <laughs> and then Dan Polino said after the game, you know, nothing that gave any details at all as to why he would stare at a future Hall of Fame, potential Hall of Fame pitcher while massaging his hand. And it's his job to inspect his hand and look at it. And I said, that is not acceptable. Mm -hmm. It is not acceptable. That is not enough information. Why would he do that? And you give off the impression of you're having an axe to grind with the guy. Yeah, he was definitely staring. Which is not your job as an umpire. Your job as an umpire is to see it, call it. Fair and balanced. So Dan Bellino, not surprisingly, put out a statement through the lawyer of, uh, I guess, the umpire union, saying, I would like to address my actions on May 4th involving Madison Bumgarner. When I began my MLB career almost 15 years ago, I received some good advice. I was told to umpire every game as if my children were sitting in the front row. I felt short of those expectations this week. While I can't go back and change what happened, I take full accountability. I will learn from this incident, and I sincerely apologize. I still don't know what the hell happened. I need to know what happened. I've got to know what happened. Certainly, if this guy's going to be umpiring more games, which he is every day. Yeah. That said, it's an acceptance of responsibility and an apology. And for that, you got to give him a hand. Yeah, you got to accept it. But it was weird. 
It was definitely got to hand it to him. <laughs> oh, I see what you did. <laughs> now you see what I did. Hey.